Hello, 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 and welcome back to Hollywood Hero. I'm your host, Layla Palmer, and today I am back with the podcast where I delve into the lives of the entertainment industry's most acclaimed personalities. So, uh, welcome. I hope everyone's doing well. I am doing okay. I'm really tired today and for the past few days because I just started going back to school fully in person and it's a big change from what I was doing for pretty much the entire year. I was hybrid uh, for a few weeks in the fall and then I went back to doing school fully online and until a few weeks ago my school announced that they were going to be moving into a new phase of the reopening process, which was reopening four days a week, and I chose to do that, and a bunch of my friends did too, and that was mostly what pushed me to want to do it, knowing that I was going to have people at school throughout the day who I was friends with and could, you know, connect with throughout the day. Um, so that started on Monday, and I'm pretty tired just from the change in routine. Like, I have to wake up at 6.15. Well, I don't have to wake up, but I wake up at 6.15 now, whereas when I was doing school virtually, I would wake up, like, two minutes before my class started. (laughs) And so sometimes that would be at 7.30 my class would start, or sometimes my class would start at, like, 9.40, like, because of, you know, my free periods. And so... Now, I have to wake up at 6.15 most days, but it's okay. I still get my coffee in the morning, um, so I don't miss out on the caffeine, but I definitely am not used to getting up so early because I'm still not used to going to bed at a normal time, so I'm still going to bed at, like, really late at night and then having to wake up at 6. It's kind of throwing me off. I'm kind of starting to feel it nearing the end of the week, but it's okay. It's fine. Um, all I know is that I'm happy that being in school, it it feels semi-normal to what real school was, you know, before COVID. That's one thing that I love about it. But, uh, that's all. That's my, that's my update for the week. I don't have anything else. Um, so I guess we'll just get into the episode. So today I have an interview with a student from the University of Southern California. Ciara Dudas is currently in her last semester at USC. Uh, Starting in high school, she's completed exciting internships and work studies throughout the music industry. Now, she's a Grammy U representative for the Recording Academy and the host of her own podcast, Sierra Spills. Her work in the music industry so far is really exciting, so if you want to hear all about that, keep listening. But before that, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm here with Sierra. Thank you so much for being on the show, and welcome. Hi, Layla. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Of course. Thank you so much for coming. Um, So today I'm so excited to talk with you because I want to know how you went from being a student at the University of Southern California to working for the Recording Academy as a Grammy U representative. Very exciting. Um, So first I want to know a little bit of background info on you. I know that you are still a student. um, So what do you study there? So I am a senior in my last semester at USC. I'm studying music industry. Um, So it's all about like the business and legal aspects of music. We learn about management and A&R, publishing, copyright law, all that fun stuff. (laughs) And what made you want to go into that field of study? When I went to apply to colleges, I only applied to music business programs. I always knew that's what I wanted to do. I think it's because I just grew up 
being involved in music. You know, I was in choir and I went to musical theater camps and all of my friends were in orchestra and band and choir. And I just grew up going to a lot of live music events and just like being a part of that world in my hometown. And so, but when it came to like high school, I just wasn't really as interested in being an artist myself. I didn't really find that. I mean, I just really didn't want that lifestyle of always being on the road. And to be honest, it's just not my forte. You know, I I definitely do like having like business, the business side of the industry, I think is insanely interesting. So yeah, when I discovered the major, I first found out about it at Belmont University. They have a music business program. And I was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard of in my life. (laughs) And so after that, I just like, basically googled it and figured out what like all the different schools that had it were and I only applied to those schools so that my parents um didn't have a choice (laughs) it's like you know here are your options for where I can go you know music industry or nothing (laughs) yeah I definitely I definitely kind of relate to you on that about like what you said about your high school experiences and growing up and stuff like that because I just actually finished my college application process um and I'm going to school for business, but focused on arts and the creative industry. And I relate to you when you said that you knew you didn't want to be the musician, but you wanted to be like behind it and kind of overseeing everything. And I kind of am that exact same way. Like I didn't want to be like the artist, but I wanted to be like overseeing and managing and all that stuff. So definitely a very similar inspiration in that. That's awesome. And congrats. Good luck on all your applications. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I actually ended up choosing a school. I'll be at Emerson in Boston. So awesome. Yeah. Boston has a really great music industry scene. I have a few friends um, who live there. So yay. Yeah. Yeah. It's very exciting. Um, so during your time at USC, which I know you're still there, but what kind of internships or work study programs have you done that eventually led to the big Grammy um, job? Well, my first internship actually started when I was in high school. Um, I cold emailed this radio station and was like, hey, you interested in interns? Like, I'm trying to get into this really, like, ex- I don't know if exclusive the right word, a really hard to get into program. Like I need to make it look like I'm actually doing things in the music industry. So some guy responded and we met up for coffee, although I didn't drink coffee at the time. And (laughs) anyway, so I ended up working at the radio station and I basically just cataloged music the entire time. I just like went down the list in alphabetical order and like added things to all their different playlists. And it was really cool. Um, And so, yeah, that was my very first experience. And I just randomly emailed them and it was a smaller radio station. It wasn't one of, you know, it wasn't iHeartRadio. So yeah, they were open to it, which was really cool. And I think that is one of the reasons I did get into USC is because I was showing that I was proactive. I wasn't, I was going beyond just like the choir program at my school. So, and then after that, I moved to LA to go to USC And my first internship in LA was at the Ojai Music Festival, which actually isn't in Los Angeles. It's about two hours north. But um, so it's a classical and new music music festival, which I thought was really interesting because 
up until that point, well, the radio station was country. This was classical music. Now I'm working in pop music. So it's been really cool to see like all the different, the ways it's different with different genres, if that makes sense. So yeah, so I worked at the Ojai Music Festival and I was actually on site during the festival. So all the interns lived on site. We worked on site. We were there for about a month and it was really cool, super hands-on. And, you know, I was the social media and PR intern, but you got to see, it was such a small team. You got to see every part of it. You know, I worked a little bit on the live stream because I was the one who you know, embedded the live stream into the website. So I was working with the live stream team and, and I was working with artists because we were doing artist takeovers up to the festival. So, you know, I got to see behind the scenes what was happening and it was really, really great experience. And I also really liked it because it was, once it was over, then I had the rest of my summer free. So I wasn't committing to living in LA the whole summer and I could go home and see my parents and all that jazz. So then I, <laughs> I don't know if you just want me to like keep going down the list. I mean, yeah, of course. I, I kind of looked at your LinkedIn profile, so I kind of have a sort of idea, but I'm really interested in you explaining kind of what the what, kind of what you had to do, because I, I kind of did know that you worked on that music festival, but I had no idea what it entailed. So I now that's really cool that you had to like work on the live streaming stuff and you got to be on site for that long. I think that's really cool. Yeah. So, uh, of course, yeah, keep explaining. Okay, perfect. So my next internship after that was at this management company called, well, at the time it was called Rebel One, but now it's called State of the Art. They just went through a rebranding. So I was hired on to work on the management side and I did end up, they were launching a immersive theater bar experience right next door. So I did end up working on that as well, which was really, really cool because when I came in they hadn't launched yet so I got to like hear about oh what's the process for getting an alcohol license in Los Angeles for this random building you know that's never been zoned as a bar before and what's the process of you know buying furniture and and it was also like a theater experience too so it was picking up costumes you know I I drove to the house of the costume designer to like pick up a piece randomly one day because it was wasn't in the box and And so that was really, really cool because it was a little bit of like the live side of music, which I had been doing internships in, but also it was the same thing. Once the show started, it was the same thing every day. So there was a lot of, it was very interesting, like the repetition, what needs to be set up again, you know, every single day. It's not just like, this is happening once and then it's over. And then on the management side, I was doing a lot of fan engagement. So working on, you know, keeping the street teams active, um, something that is really interesting. I never under, I never realized before is that a lot of management companies keep basically an Excel file on all the active fans, people who are in Facebook groups for your artist or people who are super, you know, always commenting on Instagram and they have a list of them. Wow. Really? Yes. And so, that way they know who is most likely going to buy a ticket, you know, which markets are really active, you know, if they're looking to add another show date, who should we reach out to if we have this, you know, opportunity, you know, if we can only have five people come to this special Zoom event, well, it wasn't Zoom back then, but, you know, who are we going to reach out to? So that was really, really interesting that 
you know, you never realize, but they're, they're keeping tabs on you. You know, they want to know who the active fans are, who the committed fans are. So then I went back to the Ojai Music Festival to launch their student ambassador program. So they asked me to come back. That was last January in 2020. And so that they, they were trying to increase the amount of like young people and college students who were attending the festival. And so I was like basically the person who was, you know, creating the ambassador program. What does that entail? Are we giving discounts to people, you know, building up a presence in all the local universities around LA and Santa Barbara? And that was really, really interesting. It was my first time being in charge of something where I wasn't just told what to do. It was really like, here's the reins, you know, like build out the program and you know, obviously I had to get things approved. I wasn't just, you know, random emailing people, <laughs> but it was really, it really taught me how to just, I need to like set a plan for myself and set my own timeline and goals. And I actually need to accomplish this. And I also need to think about what I am not thinking about. What am I missing? You know, what, what is here that, what isn't here that needs to be So that was really, really cool. But then March came around, March 2020. We all know what's about to, what I'm about to say, the pandemic. So the festival was canceled for the 2020 year. So unfortunately, the program didn't launch, but it was all ready to go. So next year, they'll have the timeline and everything to launch it. But what was really interesting and unexpected, they kept me on um, through May And I got to see firsthand how a company was pivoting during the pandemic. So, I mean, the festival was in the beginning of June. So all of their, you know, everything that was planned in terms of marketing assets and, you know, blogs on their website and just all of their content that was batched and ready to go was for the festival, you know, for a live event And so they had to, on the fly, you know, make up completely new assets, new programming. They launched an education program. They launched um, a live stream series. And so it was a really great experience to be able to see, you know, to see a pivot happen in person and to be a part of those conversations. And, And I was able to, you know, participate a little bit as well, you know, help make marketing assets and all all of that. So that was really interesting and really cool. And that is another big reason I think I got my current position at the Recording Academy is because I had already had experience with virtual programming. You know, it's something that not a lot of people knew about or needed to know about a year ago. And so the fact that I had just even that little bit, but I was aware of, you know, what was happening in that scene, you know, no one knew how long this was going to last. And, and just the idea that how does a Zoom webinar work, you know, like, do you have to get a license for it? How, how do people see you on Zoom, you know, like, how does a Zoom webinar work? So a Zoom webinar is a little bit different than a regular Zoom meeting, because you have panelists, and then you have attendees. So you basically get to decide, but you have to do it beforehand, who people are. You put them into categories and every panelist gets their own unique link. So you have to know that beforehand and make sure that you're sending your panelist the correct link. And then in terms of viewers, 
viewing the actual event. So only people who are panelists will be seen on the screen. So if you're a viewer, you're just essentially tuning in, you know, you can still add to the chat, you can still uh, go to like the Q&A function and ask questions, but you're not going to be on the screen. And so there's a lot of production that goes into, well, not a lot, but definitely more than a regular Zoom meeting that that goes into creating a webinar because there's also like a lot of little small questions when you're creating the webinar that impact how the event will flow. So for example, do you want your panelists to start with their cameras on or do you want them to be prompted to turn their camera on when the moderator is introducing them? And, you know, that makes a difference because if there's four blank people who don't realize that they are like being seen by all the people watching the webinar that are just standing there, you know, or, or doing something else because because they haven't been introduced yet, you know, that can look bad or that can not look as professional. So, but on the other hand, you need someone to actually physically prompt them to turn on their camera and to make sure it's at the right time when they're being introduced. So it's all the small things like that that make a difference in making, you know, an event, a virtual event look professional and making it seem like you know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I never would have even thought that much goes into a Zoom webinar because I thought it was just so similar in like the, the technical aspect to a regular Zoom meeting because I have been to a few Zoom webinars for like college and I never realized and when you were saying about like when people turn their cameras on, like the timing of that, like I never, that never actually like registered in my mind that it, it is so calculated. Yeah. I mean, once you get the hang of it, it's pretty easy, but you definitely have to be on it. And there is for at the recording Academy, whenever we have events, there is a team, you know, a few people and you're assigned a role and you need to make sure you're paying attention so that you can execute your role during the event. So it, it definitely does. It's more complicated than it seems, but I will say anyone can do it if you learn how. Well, that that's good to hear. I may never need to know how, but I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we um, never know. Yeah, we never know. So you're talking a little bit about your job as a Grammy U rep. I think you touched a little bit on it. But um, how did that opportunity arise and kind of what exactly does it entail being a Grammy U representative? Yeah, definitely. So Grammy U is a professional development membership um, for currently enrolled college students who are pursuing a career in music. So I was already a Grammy U member. I've been a Grammy U member since my freshman year of college. And basically it's, you know, there's mixers, there's um, mentorship opportunities. When we're in person, there's sound checks. So you'll have the ability to, you know, put your name in the hat um, to go to, you know, a big artist sound check and, and see what happens behind the scenes. It's basically just like an extra program that can help you, um, just help you professionally. It, it's not quite an internship, but it's something else to add to your resume. And it's a way to network and meet people outside of your specific major. And so I was already aware of the Grammy U program. And I just basically saw the application, you know, I was looking for um, my senior year internship, I really wanted something that was paid and something that was a lot of hours. Um, just, you know, for something on my resume and because I felt like I had worked up to be able to be at that level. And so I applied and then um, that was in 
March, actually, of last year. And then throughout the summer, they reached out to me and basically said, you're in consideration. And I went through multiple interviews. So first, I interviewed with my most immediate boss, who I work with every single day. And um, she interviewed a bunch of different people for the role. And then once, you know, that was whittled down, then I met the rest of the team in the LA chapter, the rest of the membership team. And so they got to ask some more questions for me and, and all that. And then eventually I heard that I got the role. Um, But each chapter hires their own Grammy U representative. So there's one representative per chapter. And um, so the LA chapter is the one who hired me, but if you're in Philly, then the Philly chapter would hire you. But all of us reps actually do work together under a Grammy U director nationally as well. And this year is a little bit different because all of our programming is virtual. So we really have been super collaborative and we're meeting at least once a week. You know, I was hired by the LA team and I work with the LA team a lot for chapter specific programming but it's I also work with the national team well that sounds really exciting and congratulations how do you balance kind of because I also want to talk about your new podcast that you just launched how do you balance doing your podcast and then all of your schoolwork because you're still a student and then also doing this job for Grammy U I will say it is very exhausting I have been interning and okay, so I'll, I'll start from the beginning. So I am graduating a year early from USC. I finished my degree in three years. And so every single semester, I've taken a full course load. I'm taking eight classes this semester. Plus, I've interned 20 hours a week every single semester. So it's it's crazy. And I'm not going to say that it's not and that it's not exhausting, but it's doable. And I do know that a lot of my peers are doing the same thing. They're interning 20 hours a week. And so the number one thing is being super proactive, super on top of it. I live by my planner. I write every single thing down. I make to-do lists and I'm constantly updating them. And it's also about giving yourself time to relax. So my motto is I try to only do homework on the weekends. That way, whenever, if I have an hour lunch break, you know, during work, or I have, you know, a little bit of free time in between classes, I'm not trying to do homework on top of that or trying to do reading. I can actually relax. If I have four classes in one day, I don't want to spend my one hour of free time doing more work because during the week, you know, I'm busy, I'm working, I'm in school, but during my breaks, I'm allowing myself to relax and have a moment to myself and catch up on Instagram and all that. But I'd say, yeah, so keeping a planner, being super organized, and then also just doing assignments early. You know, as soon as something is assigned, just start on it, you know, make an outline or or make a timeline is honestly the best thing. Like, okay, I want the outline due by this week, and then I want it to be halfway written by this week. And that way you can kind of see ahead of time, okay, in two weeks, I'm going to have a lot of homework. So maybe I should get started on that now so that, you know, I won't be super crammed. I can, you know, kind of even it out, space it out (laughs) over all the weeks. Um, But yeah, it's definitely doable, but you really have to be driven and you have to really want it. Well, you seem very driven and I can tell that you definitely want it. And kind of related to that is starting your podcast. Um, 
I can't imagine how how much you already had on your plate without the podcast now starting the podcast um so you just launched your new podcast today um which is called sierra spills which is your guide to breaking into the music industry um what was your motivation for starting the podcast so i'll let you in on a little secret and that is that my podcast is my capstone project so it is technically for school Um, But so in order to graduate from the music industry program at USC, you basically have to do a year-long project, and it can be anything. You know, it it can be some people do shows. I know someone who did, you know, a a drive-in concert. You can release an album. You can manage an artist. You can do basically any project, anything that you would do in the real world. And so in that sense, it's not really a school project. You know, there's no rubric, but... Um, So I decided to do a podcast because, number one, I am really interested in podcasts and I listen to podcasts a lot and I didn't know if that was something I could explore once I had a full-time job. Um, You know, there are people in the music industry with podcasts and artists with podcasts, but I don't know necessarily if my job position would allow me to work in this space. So I really wanted to explore it while I had the chance And then number two, so my focus is specifically for my audiences, college students and, you know, high school students, people just starting out in the music industry. And I really just wanted to ask the questions that had never been answered. You know, I'm about to graduate in May and I wanted to sit people down and force them to uh, let me know the dirty little secrets of the music industry. Yeah, well, I think you said your audience is college students, high school students, and it definitely is something that I'm interested in just because of the focus of what I'll be studying in college. And then I also, um, similar to you, is I was very interested in podcasting. And so I started my podcast in September, and I also am doing it for my senior project. Um, So I'm carrying it through. So um, we'll see how that goes. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Um, So since you are so young and you already seem to be building a very impressive resume what are some of your goals for the future oh that is a really good question one of my goals that's not really super specific but I want to work a lot of different roles in the music industry and the entertainment industry as a whole um you know going into my first job and starting my job search it's really difficult to narrow down just one thing I want to do. And so my goal is kind of to be in the position where I can pursue other things or, you know, change positions. You know, I'd love to work on something musical for TV. I'd love to, you know, work maybe in the fashion scene or something like that. So I, one of my goals is really to explore my passions and not stay locked into one job for too long. Um, I mean, of course, if I find something I'm passionate about, I will. And I do want to you know, move up in the chain, if you will, the hierarchy of the music industry. But yeah, one of my goals is to just never lose my passion for things and to always be exploring different areas of the industry. Um, But more specifically, I, wow, this is a really hard question. (laughs) I haven't really thought about it. I mean, I'm trying to keep an open mind because, you know, we're still in the pandemic. We're still, you know, the job market is still very 
tenuous. So I'm, I'm really, I'm not one of those people who's like, I have to be an A&R coordinator right out of the gate. You know, I want to work in A&R or I really want to work in live music. I, I know, like, I have a lot of different things I'm interested in. And what's most important to me is something that's a good mix of creative and analytical. So something that would allow me to be creative and to put my stamp on something. But at the same time, you know, like I was saying earlier, I don't want to be an artist. I like the business side. I like, you know, I, I think contracts are interesting as long as they're not too long. (laughs) (laughs) So I think finding a good balance where I'm passionate about it, but it's, it's equal creative and business. Yeah. I think that's a good answer. And it kind of, it kind of is a difficult question to have an answer to it, especially right now when so many things are up in the air for what the future looks like, but you gave a good answer. So thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Um, so that was all I had for today. Um, thank you so much. Did you have anything else you wanted to add or anything? Like yes. That? Thank you. This was a great, uh, interview. I appreciate it. And you, I didn't realize you, for doing this for your senior project that is so impressive yeah thank you yeah I um I started a few months ago but I thought well, hey why not carry it on through my senior project I'm enjoying it so yeah yeah you're graduating in May right end of May beginning of June yeah so awesome well congrats on your graduation that's so exciting thank you and congrats on yours <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> yeah Um, so again, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. If you want to see more of what Sierra Dudas is up to and to stay updated with her podcast, Sierra Spills, follow her on Instagram at Sierra Dudas and find her podcast, Sierra Spills, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you find your podcasts. On that note, we've reached the end of the episode. Thank you all so much for listening. And again, thank you to Sierra for joining me. If you want more updates on the Hollywood Hero podcast, follow me on Instagram at Hollywood Hero Pod. See you later.